Welcome to The Rich Report, a podcast with news and information on high-performance computing. Today, my guest is from Optalysis. We have Dr. Nick New. He is the CEO and founder of the company. Nick, welcome to the show today. Hi, thank you very much. Well, thanks for joining me all the way from the UK. Um, you guys had some uh, exciting news today, didn't you? Yes, indeed. So we, we're just announcing the closure of our uh, $4 million uh, seed fund. Um, and it's an exciting time uh, for our company at the stage of technology development that we're at. Yeah, and you guys are doing some pretty novel stuff with optical computing. So, Nick, I thought the best way to get this going is just go through your slide deck so we can get a better understanding, and then we'll do a Q&A at the end. that sound good? Cool. Sounds good. Okay, so uh, we are Optalysis. Uh, this uh, company is the culmination of coming up to 20 years' worth of work personally, uh, starting from um, yeah, university days back at Cambridge University in the UK, uh, doing a, a PhD on this uh, technology, and we are uh, close to bringing this uh, technology uh, to market now. So uh, this is a quite a, a late stage of, of development uh, for us now. Um, we are applying uh, a, a well-established uh, technology dating back to the mid-1960s uh, using uh, the powers of optical diffraction, uh, similar to holography, um, to answer some of the big challenges that is facing computing uh, today. And our vision is, is to revolutionize big data processing and model generation through our optical processing uh, technology. And this comes at a time in computing uh, where Moore's law is beginning to, to break down, which is, is well known. Uh, computer chips are no longer getting any faster, and the power consumption uh, of uh, these very large computer systems uh, is a real problem for uh, people who have to run such systems. And our technology is, is very different. We are offering a very alternative approach to uh, performing large-scale calculations of a certain type. Uh, and a key feature of our technology is that it's such low power. I'll talk a little bit about how um, our technology works. Uh, so our branch of optical processing uh, is known as, as Fourier optics, the basis of which uh, uses a diffractive optical process to produce two-dimensional Fourier transform calculations using uh, parallel optical processing, low-power laser beams in conjunction with uh, big advances from the displays industry in recent times, which has given us uh, the interface into the optics. That's the electronic to optical interface that take the form of uh, liquid crystal micro displays, or to give them a technical name, spatial light modulators, which are basically postage stamp sized devices containing many millions of pixels. Now, the timing for this technology uh, is uh, a, 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 an interesting point to discuss in that the, uh, the advances from the displays industry have led to very high resolution micro displays uh, being created uh, for the purposes of um, projector technology. So this has led on from advances in the TV industry leading to 4K uh, TV displays that has given us uh, micro displays that contain vast numbers of pixels. Now, those pixels we don't use as 
um, the basis of a display, we use them as a, a grid of numbers. So it is converting numerical information from uh, electronics uh, into this optical system via the modulation of a low-power laser beam. Big advantage of this process is the scalability. Now, the more pixels we have in our micro displays, the more data points we have in our grids does not reflect uh, any increase in process time of that base Fourier transform calculation. And this same calculation, this same Fourier transform process is used as the basis of very large scientific models and can also be used in uh, data processing for pattern recognition purposes in terms of optical correlation. So we compare these um, uh, stages of, of Fourier transform uh, processes together, but still keep that order one operation. And that's quite an exciting uh, point to expand upon in that uh, we can have multiple stages uh, of uh, Fourier processing going on within one optical system without increasing that processing time again. So this offers a, a, a big scale up in terms of what we can do um, uh, in terms of uh, the, the size of the processing we can uh, accomplish with one optical system. Just to expand on that, our um, sort of classic uh, system architecture in this, uh, uh, in this field is the, the an optical correlator that, that does pattern recognition. And this is two stages of, of Fourier transform with a matrix multiplied uh, in the middle. So we uh, with this process, we can compare images or patterns by displaying them on these liquid crystal micro displays in an optical system. Uh, and then we use a, a CMOS camera sensor on the back end of this optical process uh, to take the uh, information out of the optical domain and back into the electrical domain. Now, this technology has existed uh, predominantly in areas of the military in the past, but also in on uh, big, big optical tables within uh, university labs predominantly. So we are taking a very different approach to this. We are uh, forming this technology uh, through our own designs uh, into an optical co-processor technology that can then be inserted and integrated into standard uh, computers or into a HPC rack, for example. And we're developing this with a PCI interface uh, to allow users to actually plug this into their own computer um, and receive a, a boost in processing power for these certain types of, of calculations. So what we are developing is an optical system that is mounted upon a set of drive electronics, and that drive electronics can then be inserted into a, a standard computer uh, to give that big turbo boost for certain types of processing. So the way this uh, works is that we use multiple um, liquid crystal micro display devices. Um, uh, low power laser light is projected through the system and that converts the data represented on these liquid crystal pixels into, um, into an optical form that then goes through the, the optical system um, and produces this final calculation that's uh, collected by a camera sensor that then feeds back into the computer. Um, one interesting uh, point to note is that we are developing this with uh, certain applications in mind. So we are producing software wrappers and interfaces that allow this technology to be adapted to certain applications, but we're also going to develop this with a real open source um, 
uh, feel to it to allow users to uh, adapt and uh, use their own data processing requirements to this um, technology. So the application areas that we are uh, focusing on uh, as, a, 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 as a company, uh, the potential application areas of this technology are widespread. So any areas which use very large amounts of, of data, um, areas which involve uh, equation-solving processes um, are applicable to this technology. And then this technology can offer um, advances in all these different fields within the scientific and industrial uh, community. Uh, so we have chosen some key areas to work on to begin with, and I'll, I'll tell you about those uh, in a bit. Uh, and we are focusing towards one sort of real commercial um, application to begin with. So this is the first focus of, of, uh, of many different application areas that we shall be working on. Uh, as a company, we have been uh, working with uh, some key partners um, under some government uh, and um, US government funded projects. Uh, our main uh, project has been funded under a UK government project with the Earlham Institute, which is a genomics centre in Norfolk, England. And I'll tell you about that more about that in a second. Uh, we've also uh, working with um, a consortium of, of 13 partners across Europe under a, a European Horizon 2020 project called Escape. Uh, which is looking at the basis of the next generation weather forecasting models. And we've also recently completed a uh, DARPA seedling project, so that's US government uh, funded, looking at the basis of equation solving uh, fundamentals uh, under the ACCESS program. So just on the, uh, the, the DARPA project you've recently completed, we've been looking at, in particular, how to uh, extract the complex data from these Fourier transform operations uh, as a real direct fit into the larger models using that single Fourier transform process uh, that the, the sort of base optical function provides. And this includes um, taking what is usually an, an intensity output from the camera and using a, a, a part of our own IP of, of how to take the uh, phase and amplitude from the, the signal at the end to give a complex um, uh, readout. Uh, in terms of our ESCAPE project with the European Centre for Mid-Range Forecasting based in uh, Reading, uh, this is looking at uh, breaking down the uh, current weather forecasting models, which is using a legacy uh, code from around 35 years ago, um, and adapting it to the new types of hardware, new computer processors uh, that uh, exist in today's modern uh, computing climate. Uh, and we are looking at what functions we can take from that uh, model and apply with our optical processor. So our main uh, commercial focus has been uh, under a project codenamed uh, Genesis, uh, and that's been in partnership with the Earlham Institute, as I mentioned, a, a genomics institute uh, based in Norfolk, England. And this is relating to uh, the alignment process of genetic data. 
Uh, and this is a process that is typically conducted on a, on a HPC. And we've been looking at taking that and implementing it with this optical method. Uh, this has been a two-year project uh, funded by the UK government, uh, which is close to uh, being completed at the moment. Um, and the main target of this uh, project is to take a process that uh, ran at 28 hours on, a, uh, on their HPC uh, down to 1.6 hours with our first optical processor system. And that's uh, the other thing to mention in that is that the power consumption of that process, we believe, can be reduced by about 95% by switching to this optical process. And the other thing to mention with this is that the, the ability of this technology to be inserted into a standard desktop computer then takes away the need to have that HPC system there to be able to run this kind of um, alignment process as well. So it also changes the way that the scientists, the bioinformaticians can approach these problems that they face. Just to describe the um, type of, of uh, process this is. So looking at this genomics pipeline, we uh, the first stage being entering a DNA sample into a, a sequencer machine, such as an Illumina um, sequencer machine, um, results in many fragments of DNA code being produced. And those fragments need then aligning to uh, a known sequence to basically piece together the, uh, the, the new sequence of the material that you've put through the sequencer machine uh, like a big jigsaw puzzle. This is very similar to a kind of needle in a haystack problem that optical correlation is extremely well suited to uh, and has its, its roots in. So picking out small pieces of information from a very cluttered scene is what optical correlation is very good at. Uh, and this is what maps very well to this alignment process. And this is the first of several application areas um, within the genomics uh, field that uh, our technology can be put to. The way this works is that we take the base nucleotide um, uh, information that comes out of the sequencer machine and we convert that into a symbolic format that maps very well onto our um, spatial light modulators. We produce a binary format. This can run extremely quickly on a liquid crystal um, micro display, which typically has a frame rate of about 2.4 kilohertz. <clears throat> and then we map that into a correlation process. What that does is that uh, every match, every partial match between uh, that part of, of code fragment against a frame of sequence data produces a spot of light. And that spot of light denotes the exact location of where that um, uh, fragment has been located within that frame of sequence. Uh, and also, crucially, also gives a, a percentage uh, figure of how well matched that fragment is. And that's of particular interest to uh, the bioinformaticians, the geneticists, who run such a, a process called BLAST. And that's uh, exactly what we're, we're aiming our um, technology towards. Uh, what we've done in this project is we've, we've proven that this technology uh, can produce uh, results that are as accurate as the very best um, software processors. Um, uh, that the uh, bioinformaticians use. Uh, and this is a very exciting development. We've been recently demonstrating this at uh, uh, an international conference down in, uh, in Norwich in England. Um, in terms of 
our system development, our technology development. Uh, for the first time recently, we've uh, demonstrated this uh, system in a co-processor form that's mounted and integrated within a standard desktop um, format. So this uh, was recently demonstrated at the, the Genome 10K uh, conference in Norwich, um, showing for the first time how this um, technology can be uh, formed in the future. So our next stage on from this is a commercialization stage. And to show you the uh, system in action, this is uh, an optical output you can see on the right-hand side where uh, matches, uh, partial matches uh, of a defined threshold are being located within a sequence and then the, uh, uh, the exact location is passed on to um, uh, a, a software process that produces the data in exactly the same format as uh, bioinformaticians uh, expect from a, an alignment process. And this is a crucial point to what we are developing. We are developing a very complementary technology in that um, the bioinformatician can send up the text files, the data files that um, uh, he would uh, normally use, and uh, he would receive back a text file that contains exactly the same data in exactly the same format uh, that he would expect from a normal HPC process. So he would not see this optical output, he would just receive his data back as you would expect, only in a faster time and taking much less power uh, by doing so. So what this uh, seed funding round uh, allows us to do is move from uh, the end of this um, project task uh, and this stage of development that we're at and form a, a commercially viable uh, system uh, in the coming months. And it also allow, allows us to focus on other areas as well, such as machine learning, where we are uh, developing methods that are quite exciting in terms of convolutional neural networks. And we shall also be uh, starting a Series A funding round in the next few weeks as well as we look to scale up the uh, commercialization and the, uh, the activities of the company, both in the uh, UK uh, and predominantly in the US, where we also have an office in Reno, Nevada. Okay, that's the end of the slides. Um, thank you very much. If uh, Any questions? Yes, ab absolutely, Nick. Uh, thank you for that. It's, it's fascinating technology. I wondered if you could go back to slide 18, uh, it, just about your workflow. As data moves through, through this from left to right, are, are you starting with digital, converting it to analog, and then putting it back out to digital? Is, is that the flow? That's exactly right, yes. Yeah. So this could be thought of as an analog processor with a digital wrapper. <laughs> Very slick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then I guess my next question is, like, you're essentially then you're taking a picture of a picture. How do you avoid losing resolution in that process? Oh, well, the, uh, in terms of avoiding resolution, well, the, the resolution of the system is uh, actually down to um, uh, the, the sort of pixel level of, of, uh, of where the data falls on the camera. So it's, mm -hmm. uh, we lose zero resolution through the system with uh, 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 this, uh, this system we have here. Um, the uh, resolution is a, is a key point to this. So the, yeah. a lot of work has gone into... Um, representing the each base 
uh, with as small a symbol size as possible. And that gives us a, a large degree of flexibility in terms of how much um, um, insertions and deletions and mutations we can fit into that data as well. So this gives us a very powerful and flexible approach to how that data is actually represented as it goes through the system. So in, in some processes, you could be uh, wanting to pull out exact matches. In others, you could be looking at, um, say, very degraded DNA where the matches that you are looking for actually may only be 70% or less, for instance. And, and so we're developing methods that can pick out things at a very low level of um, uh, match um, that normal software processes wouldn't be picking up. Right, right. Well, you know, FFTs are very widely used, as you mentioned, in, in HPC. And I'm wondering, you know, as you've got this funding now, uh, do you envision a way that people could test this o over the cloud or something to, to see if it could, could benefit them? Absolutely. So yeah. uh, we are just setting up a, uh, a cloud uh, offering at the moment, which will allow people to send up their uh, data sets and for us to process them here and, and send them back in a, in a, in a report showing um, uh, what the data is and how it's different to um, uh, the uh, normal uh, alignment process. Mm -hmm. But in the coming months as well, we'll be announcing a, a full cloud offering where people can actually get their hands on uh, this technology and, and use a cloud-based optical processor, um, uh, as well as um, offering this as a, a, a units uh, that can be um, purchased um, to go with their own computers and, and to bring the, the, that local level processing um, offering uh, out into the, uh, uh, into the field. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, I guess kind of a wrap-up question. Could you envision a time when you shrink this down to some kind of chip package or something that we could like, uh, just see as part of our laptops maybe someday? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah. um, the, uh, so the, the, the size of the optical system, which is, is not a big footprint at the moment, so it, uh, it already has the footprint of uh, a, a standard graphics card. Yeah. Um, but that can be reduced much further, actually. I mean, the liquid crystal microdisplay technology is is is, is shrinking uh, as the months go by in terms of the pixel size of this thing. And the pixel size actually denotes is one of the key factors in denoting how how large these optical processes are. We can also shrink that by changing the wavelength of the light that uh, is being used, the laser light being used through the um, system. So miniaturizing this further is uh, is, is definitely on uh, on our roadmap. Um, and also in also integrating this system into other technologies as well. So not just computer systems as the kind of host. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, there's no reason why this couldn't go in the back of one of those sequencer machines uh, I talked about before. But also, you know, in 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 everyday life as well. So you could picture this as part of uh, a machine learning uh, or deep learning um, process uh, through an AI uh, in an auto autonomous vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, um, there is uh, there's a wide range of, of application areas this technology could go into. Well, Nick, this is fascinating, and congratulations on your funding this week. And, uh, thank you. I, I want to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. Okay, folks, that's it for the Rich Report. Stay tuned for more news and information on high-performance computing. <laughs>